time to ham up. Oh my god, I really try hard. Shut it down! Somehow it's the best. After the credits. A Yum Chunks podcast. Yum Chunks! Welcome, one and all, to episode 34 of After the Credits, a Yum Chunks podcast. I am Matt Chewy. With us today is Vince Rizzo. How you doing, Vince? Excellent. Thank you, sir. Good to hear your voice. And we also have Sean Davis. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing great. How are you? Pika, pika. Pika, pika, indeed. I'm doing pretty well. Um, and uh, we today's topic, we're going to be talking about Detective Pikachu, uh, the first of two potential newcomers in the video game movie Curse Breaker uh, lineup. Uh, maybe one of these this year will be. We'll talk about that today. But before we do that, uh, let's have a round of Chunk Fire stories. Um, Sean, how, hey, how you been? Good. Um, what's happened? When was the last episode? I think our last episode was the Sonic or, but we didn't do chunk fire stories then. No. So what have you been up to? More time has passed since Avengers Endgame. Um, well, what have you been see. up to since you've been home? Last thing you talked about was when you were shooting in Arkansas. Yeah, I yeah, and then I just just got back after when we did Endgame. But anyways, um, well, just back in the swing of things at work and normal life in general. I joined a um, I joined a softball league. Oh, that that's fun. cool. So I'm playing the softballs. I'm throwing and catching and running and sliding. Wow. A lot of thing, a lot of these significant life developments I find out actually genuinely while we're recording. <laughs> and this is my genuine reaction. And I wow. know I want authentic reactions to <laughs> That's what good. I'm doing in my life. And I am Sean. genuinely impressed. <clears throat> uh, yeah, this one we've won two of our games. We lost one, and I've got a couple hits and some catches and. I slid into third base. Uh, we play on Tuesday night, so we just played a couple days ago. And I skinned up my leg. That means I'm a rough and tough boy, right? You're a ball uh, player. You Sean, like a you ball look player. like a ball player. <laughs> oh, no, I beat, I beat you, dude. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> That's Balloon uh, Shop. Yeah, Everyone check out Balloon Shop. <laughs> <laughs> it's a channel that 12, died a decade ago. 12 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> You know, really. I was watching some of those videos the other day, and it was like, this video was published 11 years ago, and I was like, <laughs> I my God. Yeah. Time is terrifying. Yeah, it sure any, is. Any, anything Where else, has our Sean? youth gone? Um, well, speaking of looking back on the past, so this week a, uh, a documentary came out. It was released in theaters on, like, one of those Fathom events. And you, you guys know what that is, right? Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, it was called uh, What We Le- uh, Left Behind, a Deep Space Nine documentary. And it was a documentary about that the Star Trek Deep Space Nine TV show. That oh, that's cool. Um, if you guys aren't Star Trek fans, and I was hoping Ryan was on tonight or was available because he and I, you know, I know he's a Star Trek fan. Oh, and yeah. we, we watched that show growing up as kids, and it's one of my favorite shows. It's a fantastic show. If people haven't watched Deep Space Nine, definitely recommend it. Um, it's on Netflix, so you could go binge it all. But anyway, so there's a documentary that came out, and they just basically went back to the show and, and talked about it. So the main creator, his name's Iris Stephen Bear, he's the showrunner. He kind of he's the director. He kind of put the documentary together, but it was just fantastic. It was just a love letter to the show. Had all the actors back. Talked about why the show was so important, groundbreaking, and and it was in a lot of ways. It was. <laughs> serialization before serialization and tv shows became popular and the norm um it was star trek shows so you know it's always about kind of these in general philosophical questions about humanity and moral questions and stuff but uh, also it was just like a very 
like grounded show in terms of its characters and and the story was really interesting. It's just a fantastic, wonderful, wonderful show. And the documentary was great and it was hilarious and tear inducing, and I loved it. So um, that's great. Yeah. So Star Trek fans, go watch that if you could find it. Comes out in August on Blu-ray, but they might I don't know maybe we'll be able to find it. Or they'll have other screenings of it. So, anyways, but um, so yeah, just wanted to plug that and. And what else? Oh, and then I watched this other show. Maybe you guys have watched it. Have you guys watched uh, I Think You Should Leave Now, that sketch comedy show on Netflix? No, I have not. Ugh. I know, again, I know Ryan has, but um, oh, it's hilarious. It's it's like 15-minute episodes, and there's only six of them, so you could literally finish the entire show in like an hour and a half. A movie length, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's uh, the comedian's name is Tim Robinson, and he may look vaguely familiar if you watch it. I think he was on Saturday Night Live for like a year or something. Anyways, it's like just really wacky sketch comedy, and there's occasional cameos by recognizable celebrities and stuff. It has a little tinge of like Tim and Eric humor, but <laughs> it's it's different enough that it doesn't feel derivative, and actually Tim Eidecker's in one of the sketches. And Anyways, it's it's really, it's just so funny. I wish someone else was talking about you could start Man, quoting lines. All right, but. well. Official I recommendation. Recommend official recommendation from Sean. I think you should leave now. I'll check it out because yes. that's not a lot of time. Yeah, it's real fast. So if, yeah. you, if you hate it, it's not that much time on your day. Anyways, but that's what I've been up to. Cool. Good. What about you? Who me? Uh, oh, you. Who was I talking to? Vince Chewy. Chewy. Uh, what have you been up to? What am I? Well, okay. speaking of Fathom events, the other night I went to see a Fathom event that was. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, they uh, they did four nights in a row of the '90s Batman movies. Um, back How to unfortunate and, for those uh, last two nights. Well, that's what I'm. That's what I'm getting at. I went to the last <laughs> night. I went. To, I went to Batman and Robin, which uh, Maeve had never actually seen before, and oh, it, that's it was like it was like me, Maeve, my sisters, and then two other strangers in the theater. One of them, he went every single night, and he said he was for most of the nights the only person in the theater, and like like <laughs> the movie, the employees felt bad for him, so they started giving him free stuff. <laughs> and uh, and he was so psyched that there were like there was a group for this one. So he came in, he came by and sat by us, which was a little weird, but it was fun. You know, people enthusiastic about Batman and Robin. But boy, a mostly empty theater heckling that movie and seeing it on the big screen—that's an experience that if it comes around again, I recommend. That's my first recommendation. That does sound good because you know most of those movies that are like so bad they're good have mm -hmm. too much of a cult following. So like, you know, like the room—you're never uh -huh. gonna see the room in an empty theater now. Because everybody wants to go see the room, yeah, that's just a thing. Absolutely. But Batman and Robin, it's like that's that's still one of those little gold nuggets of terribleness that you can go to, and most likely people will still hate it so much they won't want to go. Well, I gotta admit, I was like conflicted about how I felt about how empty the theater was because I was like, well, I wish that there were more people who appreciated the awesome terribleness of this movie that this would have been full. <laughs> And it would have been like, but at the same time, I was also happy that it was empty so that we could have our, the experience that we wanted to. So, yeah, that's true. Um, I mean, you could, now you can make your own sort of like things that you can do, like throwing footballs and spoons in the audience. Well, look, but for it, Batman and Robin. If nobody knows that we're doing it, it's just us vandalizing the theater. Yeah, exactly. Go oh, ahead. Okay. I want it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, what else? Uh, I, uh, in personal news, I just today had my uh, last uh, radiation session, so that was cool. Um, that's good. And uh, but uh, I found myself down there really early for unrelated reasons. I had a bunch of time to kill, so we went to the theaters and we saw the movie Long Shot. Are you guys know that movie? 
No. Uh, uh, yeah, with Charlize Theron and, oh, and yes. Seth Rogen. Yeah, it's, it's a romantic comedy where the leads are Seth Rogen and Charlize Theron, which in itself is crazy. Um, but it's like he, she's like Secretary of State and she's trying to run for president and they, they were like childhood friends and like he's a he's her uh, speechwriter now. So, I mean, it's a cool... Um, it's a cool backdrop for a romantic comedy, and I was surprised by like how well they were able to rein in some of the more over the top Seth Rogen humor. Like it was used appropriately, and I was also very surprised by how well they were able to be to convince me of them as a couple. Like it's like the movie was aware yeah. of how strange that was. Um, unfortunately, I think about halfway through it starts to fall into kind of the more like like cookie cutter rom-com scripts like some of those uh, tropes that you start to see but mm-hmm. i do think that the writing and the backdrop of it was fresh enough to where it's it's worth watching i would say also i just feel like i haven't seen a lot of good comedies in the last few years so i mean between that and what did i see the last one uh the the super bad type uh book smart oh, i be too, i yeah, think between you, yeah you talked about that last time yeah episode, i talked about that last time but i think between long shot and book smart i think those are a couple solid good comedies if you just want to go out and laugh so um, cool. I recommend that's, that's another long shot. Another recommendation. I've my always enjoyed laughing. So, yeah, that's a little known fact about me. I haven't <laughs> laughed in ten years. Oh no! Well, then you need <laughs> your to kids are mo- only three years old. <laughs> 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 what have you been up to, Vince? How's it going? Uh, let's see. Um, well, I have been working like you wouldn't believe. No, you probably believe it. It's about 45 hours a week. But, um, uh, <laughs> so let's a see. normal job. Yeah, about a normal job. Um, I had a disc golf tournament up in Oceanside that that went pretty well. That was a lot of fun. Uh, big tournament, you know, a lot of fun. You know, made some friends who are, like, actual, like, you know, touring pros who, like, travel all around the world to just play disc golf. And it was kind of cool just getting to, you know, play with them, being, like, a just a you know local guy who barely ever gets to play and then you know getting to you know like hold my own against these people who are like you know some of the top tier disc golfers in the world and it's like man i can really you know not every shot could i you know throw as well as them but i was holding my own and it was you're just, up there well yeah, I, mean, I, you know, I think I did you well. get a meet um uh jeff hungerford uh, you know jeff hungerford unfortunately he had a slight disc malfunction and he wasn't able to get there but what about alan beaver or alan, michael cloyes michael Cloyer. i'm on the professional disc golf webpage Wil- wilkins the puffle stuff <laughs> These <Wilkins>. are real- <laughs> is this like a key and peel version of like the disc golf <laughs> yes. intros because it sounds exactly like it well vince i think uh, what's important is that you look at this and you look at where you were i don't know a year ago or however many years ago this is a good like gauge to where how far you've come when you just yeah. I, I assume you just started playing for fun right yeah exactly I did. so th- i feel like that's a good you know significant you know in your yeah. disc golf journey to be honest i certainly am not getting like and i'm not getting any younger but i feel like somehow i'm getting more wise in the game like i've just been there you know yeah i just have more experience so i feel like mm-hmm. i'm not as like nervous when i play so mm-hmm. i'm able to kind of like keep my composure and really just focus in a way that i couldn't when i was you know 21 26 yeah. is a little different you were just a hothead you just you just didn't know straight out of the, the academy experience. straight <laughs> out of the academy i was like i'm gonna take the world and put it in my pocket you're older you're wizened you've you've you're or you're what is it world weary what's the yes, yes. oh that's a one thing i do I want to say saying. one yeah. other little nugget Go. of cool things so there's a super sweet video i didn't share it with you guys but i really should have 
that like some Star Wars fans made where it was they took the um the Obi Wan versus Darth Vader fight. You guys might have seen this. Um and they like they actually redid it, the one from A New Hope. Mm-hmm. And they actually they put it so they had like the set that looks identical to the set in the New Hope and they interspliced it with the scenes of like like Han and Leia and Luke, you know, trying to get back to the Millennium Falcon. And so instead of having the scene where, you know, it's the actual Obi-Wan and Darth Vader fighting, they, like, they were able to just, like, make, an, like, a, a really cool, like, it was like, it was like the Darth Vader from Rogue One kind of, you know, hmm. abilities know. of fighting. It was really good. I'll send it to hmm. you, and it's, it's fantastic. I'm going like, to watch it with an open mind, but on paper, that sounds like a terrible idea. But again, I'm going to watch it with an open mind when you send it to me. When I look at it, and I think, the, like, okay, this was fans who made this, who clearly just have a love of Star Wars. And, like, it has, like, you know, their own score that they did, but it's, like, you know, obviously using the Star Wars themes. And it's, mm-hmm. it's really, really well done for a fan thing. I heard it took them, like, even though it's only five minutes, it took them, like, two years to make. And it hmm. looks like they put a lot of time and effort into it. It's pretty sweet. That's impressive for a couple of reasons. I mean, you know, the low budget, but also I don't know how you maintain continuity in one scene that you're working on for two straight years. That sounds like a nightmare. No, you should, but also maintaining continuity to have it flow as Mm. well as it did with scenes from 1977 to scenes you make in 2019. It's not perfect, sure, but it looks, it looks as good as I think it possibly could. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I'll send it to you guys. Good. Uh, What, do you know what it's called? It's got a super strange name. All right, super strange name. Star Wars fan video official Billy Vince and recommendation. A giant Star Wars Asaurus. There you go. Official recommendation from Vince. <laughs> you got anything else? Um, let's see. Oh, I got a I got a really funny video of Carter, my son, watching Tucker, my dog, poop when we were on a walk, and it's really funny because yeah. he's just like squatting down, looking at him poop, and then he's like, "That's disgusting." But you don't it's recommend really, that, right? Because no, I would rec- I sent it to every all my. Um, well, I sent it to. Well, my, now you put it in page. the episode. Now we have to upload it somewhere. <laughs> yeah. And post it. Uh, it sounds like too much work. We're not going to do that. Vince, right. you're doing it. You're, you post. You mentioned it. You're posting it. I'll post it. I'm going to post it next to the clip, the Star Wars clip, because they're both about the Good. same in terms of, uh, you know, value. Excellent. That's how we work our social media <laughs> chunks. <laughs> if you bring it up, then it's your responsibility to post it. <laughs> I feel that's. It's a, a fair way to Yes, yeah, I think is. so. That's um, personal accountability for us from person. ever bringing things up. All right. Well, that's, that's great. Um, well, good. It's good to hear from all you guys. It's good to catch up. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to tease the audience a little bit. Um, we actually got letters this week. Oh, you. We, we actually, oh, we do, yeah. yeah we so actually, stay tuned. We, well, we're going we're gonna to save that till later to force you to have to listen to our conversation about Pikachu or to force you to have to skip through it. And that could be just as aggravating because we don't know if we're going to put the timestamp in there or not do we <laughs> we certainly don't all signs say probably not so you know yeah. maybe we will but anyway later on the episode if you uh, if you care to hear us answer some letters which we have, have don't have a lot of experience in uh stick around there you go but until then let's transition into uh the main topic we're gonna let vince try to recap this movie this week and we're gonna see how that goes oh god okay all right, so um, let's see. This movie. Oh, is... spoiler! Spoiler! There, spoiler! Fast. Spoilers! Oh God, spoilers. Oh, spoilers. Ah! Okay, go ahead. That was close. That was a close one, yeah, guys. We, we, we were did almost it, gonna we be got taken it. off the podcast right. air. It's illegal. All right. There's a brisk dew in the air. The camera slowly pans down on Timmy <laughs> McGillicuddy. No, that's not his name. It uh, can be. 
It could be. His yeah. name is actually well, it's Tim. His name is Tim. Yeah, the Tim part's right. And yeah, it, the so the premise of Detect Pokemon Detective Pikachu movie is well, it takes place in the Pokemon universe, and you got Tim, who's kind of like a a loner. You know, he's like an insurance guy. Doesn't have his own Pokemon, and apparently in this society, pretty much everybody has their own like. Pokemon, and so him not having any a Pokemon and just living a normal life is a strange thing. But he finds out that his dad has either disappeared or died. And so he has to go to this big Pokemon city called Rhyme City, and he goes to his dad's apartment to kind of, you know, see what's going on, and he runs into a talking Pikachu, and adventures ensue. Yes, so many mysteries, so much detective, detectivity. Yeah. You see all your favorite Pokemon, crazy characters come in, mm-hmm. Bill Nye makes an appearance. And he's, and they solve the mystery. It involves some twists, which I'm sure we'll talk about. They did. That was, you know, they hit Detective you in Pikachu the was in your heart all along. Actually, that's, that kind of is what... Happened. That actually is. <laughs> Boy, that's weird. Uh, we'll get into how weird that is later. Good job, Vince. I think that was sufficient. Yeah. Cool. Thank you. So, uh, what do we do now? Sean, what do we do now? I don't know. Oh, oh, we talk about, we talk about where our, our, our initial or yes. just our basic reactions were, etc. Well, both. How about both? Okay. Initial and basic reactions. What do you guys think of Pokemon Detective Pikachu? Vince? I enjoyed it for the most part. Um, I certainly had a bias towards it just with all the nostalgic things that I was getting with all the Pokemon. You know, I mean, they mm-hmm. really – I feel like they did a good job of balancing all the different generations but definitely gave you those key – Gen 1 Pokemon that, you know, everybody really likes. And so, me personally, <laughs> I love this movie. I didn't mean it. All Sorry, right, that was I'm going gonna to ask you a question that I've now decided I'm going to ask all of us. Um, yes. Based on our Sonic episode, what what's your history of Pokemon? Just briefly. Okay, I mean, Pokemon got really big, you know, in the late 90s, early 2000s. All right, was you're going young... back to 7,000 years ago in the future. What have you played? What, played, what have you been engaged with? <laughs> really, the only Pokemon games I haven't played are the new Sun and Moon games. I played them all. I've collected Pokemon cards, like, my whole life. I had a collection of, like, 100,000 cards. It was, honestly, like, if there was one thing I would say would explain my identity as a as a kid and a teenager, it was Pokemon. All right. Cool. Awesome. So you're probably going to end up being the biggest Pokemon fan in, in this conversation. I'd say so. Yeah, right. I'd say so. Cool. All right. Uh, sorry uh, to cut you off, but did you have any more initial reactions that you wanted to share? Um, yeah, I was I was impressed that it didn't get too lost in the scope of trying to make it like about the Pokemon universe, and it was mm-hmm. able to focus more on like in this small story. Like it felt really self-contained, while mm-hmm. it also like it gave you a nice little like glimpse into the universe, but it didn't. It wasn't all about that, if that makes sense. Yeah, I focus on the story. I get you. Yeah, yeah, which cool. I appreciated. Yeah, awesome. All right, that's all I got Matt, for what now. What do you feel about Pokemon, the Pokemon movie starring Detective Pokemon? Well, I'm going to answer the question that I asked myself. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I, I played the first two generations on the Game Boy, so Red and Blue and Gold and Silver. Uh, I've tried to get into every Pokemon generation since then. Played a little bit and gotten bored, so I think I kind of just outgrew the video games. Um, and I watched the anime for the first two generations as well, um, but I lost interest once I stopped playing the video games. So, and then I got briefly into Pokemon Go, like when that got popular, and then I lost interest in that, and then got back into it again and lost interest. So I've kind of been in and out of Pokemon for a while, and I think probably I was the biggest fan during the like 
the gold gold silver silver original run because I was still at the right age and yeah so so that's where okay. I'm at. Um, I loved this movie, um, <laughs> but asterisk. Um, I could feel myself getting bored during scenes that involved things that I didn't recognize. Like I had to ask later, but there's a Greninja is a Pokemon. Um, oh, yeah. I'd never heard of Greninja. I, He's in Smash Brothers. I, I don't. I also don't really play Smash Brothers. Um, so I I found myself getting bored during the scenes that were heavily Greninja focused. Same with those turtle things. The the the, the dirt turtles. Yeah, and I was not as familiar with those. Yeah, guys, and right? I have to wonder if this movie is any good to anybody who doesn't care about Pokemon. That that's that's kind of where I'm at because I could physically feel myself checking out during scenes where it wasn't like oh Bulbasaur oh Mewtwo oh this thing I grew up with that you know what I mean so I'm kind of like I I loved watching it but I don't know if it's a good movie that's kind of where I'm at right now so Sean what about you um well I originally got the Pokemon Red and when it came out Mm -hmm. the original Game Boy um so that's my experience and I played that and then I dabbled in some of the other generations. I think I remember mainly Diamond. And then I did recently play Pokemon Sun. Um, that was the le- latest generation. And Pokemon Go, of course. I never got into the anime, and I never really got into car- the cards. So it was only through the game exposure. But I did love them, and I played them a ton. Um, so um, I also liked the movie a lot. I loved parts of it, mm-hmm. and, you know just like feelings I got from certain parts of the movie, Mm -hmm. but other parts, I kind of like what you said, where you kind of checked out. And I don't know if it was strictly because of whatever Pokemon were involved, but there were parts that I was just less interested in. And I think it may be because, and I I don't know if I don't, I can't really fault the film for this, but it skewed a little younger maybe than I was Hmm. in some parts than I was hoping. Um, But overall, I just thought it was a just wonderfully ridiculous, um, embracing of a pokemon which i think it has the benefit of being a franchise that's so universal that they're able to do that and be unapologetic about it and it works Mm -hmm. because they don't they're not risking anything whereas if you take a franchise i mean kind of getting into the video game film adaptation debate or discussion anyway Mm -hmm. you know you take a film like or or a franchise like i don't know whatever tomb raider or something like and and while those are maybe actually some of the better adaptations, you can't really like jump into the 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 details and the nerdy stuff of it on the same level because it's not as widely known. Mm-hmm. Like people know who Lara Croft is, but they don't know like I don't know the lore. I guess. They don't know that like Atlantis is involved and all this. Yeah, like, like you know, like, I guess Pokemon Tomb Raider's not the best example, but I'm trying to think. You know what I mean? Like, um, I, I think it's a good example because I'm one of those weirdos yeah. that's really into the Tomb Raider lore and knows a lot about it. Yeah, but I so I'm gonna like it, but Pokemon, yeah, more people know more information about that than the average video yeah. game adaptation. Yeah. I, yeah. I think is what you're saying, right? Yeah, 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 that's what it's yeah, getting at. <clears throat> so, but anyways, I mean, well then, yeah, do you guys think that this is, I mean, you, you mentioned the curse of the video game movies, um, and <clears throat> I, I, it's kind of hard to call it a curse, but it is. Do you think it breaks that curse? And kind of the same question, do you think this is the first video, good video game movie? Um, uh, I, I don't think it breaks the curse. And I want—I no. really want it to. 
Um, and I kind of already mentioned why I, I don't think that. I guess really what we need to talk about if we're going to talk about the... I, I, I figured this conversation would come up later, but um, if we're going to talk about the, the, the idea of the video game movie curse, we have to define what it means for it to break that curse, right? Yeah. So what do I think? I think the movie has to have mass appeal. And it needs to be critically acclaimed and it needs to make a lot of money. Um, and I think if a movie has mass appeal, the money situ- it's based. Those are basically the same situation, yeah. right? And I think in order for something to be mass to have mass appeal, right, it needs to be able to be a blockbuster on its own, and there needs to be no kind of like it. Need, it can't rely too heavily on nostalgia because there's a lot of good ideas, story ideas in video games that if you adapt it correctly, you sh- you would think you'd be able to make a good movie out of right like in the sonic episode i think i mentioned prince of persia like that just inherently whether it's a video game or not you should be able to make a prince of persia movie based on its plot if you're a competent screenwriter right and that's what i think a video game the curse breaker needs to be and for me i don't think this movie achieves that because i don't think i would have been i don't think i would have been invested in it at all if i didn't have a significant um background with pokemon when i was at the age for pokemon so I would say I, I think financially it's doing okay, right? Does anybody know? Like, yeah, it's doing fine. Avengers yeah. still beat it at the box office. Well, of oh, course it's kind of funny. I mean, it, but... it, it's not fair to be, have it out at the same time as Avengers, even if Avengers yeah. is in week three or whatever it is. So uh, yeah, I mean, but I think it's making a respectable amount of money. It's I don't think it's going to make a loss, right? So mm-hmm. um, so I know you know if I just think that um, for me it's about the quality of the movie, and I think it leans a little too heavily in, into Pokemon fans. But like Sean, you said, Pokemon has a wide range, so maybe that's okay. Yeah. I don't know. What do you guys think? What do you think, Vince? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree with what you're saying. And like, as much as I've been a huge fan of Pokemon, I never, like, and I watched the, the uh, at least the first generation and the second generation of the TV show. So like, it's not like I haven't seen a Pokemon story being mm-hmm. told. It, like, but I've ne- the story was never what drove me to play the video games. It was catching pokemon and that wouldn't just just what what i love about pokemon wouldn't make for a good movie so it has to have things that are grounded in like you know basic reality that we get so i think that this movie did a really good job of saying like okay this is like your joe schmo who actually is more relatable to us than he would be to anybody else really in this universe because he's rejected pokemon so far and he's just like an insurance guy so well he is us He's us. He doesn't really, like, we are kind of learning about Pokemon in the same way that he is, which I feel like it did as good of a job as I feel like, at least with its main character, as really, like, if I was to come up with a Pokemon movie and try to make it relatable to an audience that maybe didn't even know what Pokemon were, it did as good of a job as I think it, you know, could have. I think you hit upon a good point, because I think Pokemon in all of its forms has always worked better as a universe than as like a vehicle yeah. for a narrative, you know? Yeah. Um, and there have been Pokemon stories that I've liked, but I think, yeah, I think the universe, I think this is a weird one to be talking about the video game curse. Cause I spent a lot of my opinion talking about narratives and good stories, but this is like, it's almost like you have a good universe, but you have to come up with a good story to tell within it. And I think yeah. this, I think they did for the most part, a, a pretty decent job. I think. Uh, yeah, I but, mean, this but, is the thing is, if if you have a good universe, mm-hmm. a good writer can make a good story from there. But it's like when you have a good story and it's like you're trying to adapt it, a, a bad writer can ruin that good story. Absolutely. Um, but here's the thing: the question was, 
do you think this is the quote curse breaker? Why or not? Um, I don't think so. And I don't as much as I love it, I, I still don't think so necessarily. Um and I because I know that I'm biased towards it, I haven't I have not talked to somebody who has never even, you know, played or or collected Pokemon cards or anything who's actually seen this movie. Right. But I just based off of if I'm trying to put my bias aside, the movie would not have been as compelling at all if if I had never heard of Pokemon. Okay. That's really what sold it for me. It was a fun experience, but I'm not going to say that it was some sort of fantastic movie that's going to change, you know, how we change, you know, video game movies. It's it wasn't. It right. That wasn't. that's a good that's a good question. I mean, like, do you think this is a movie that if somebody was uninitiated would draw them into Pokemon? You know, like that's a that's a good litmus test, maybe. Also, Sean, yeah. what do you think about the 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 video game curse? How do you feel about this movie in relation to that? Um, I think to me. I, I say soft yes, that I do think this breaks the video game curse. And okay. I don't know if it's the first video game movie that's good, but yeah, sure. I'll, I'll say it is the first video game movie that I think is good. And the reason I think it does break the curse, because to me, the curse is less... I mean, it is, it's hugely about the film itself, but I think it's in a lot of ways it's more about the um, mentality surrounding these genre films, mm-hmm. right? Like, in the same way, like... Um, to me, it reminds me of Spider-Man, the, the original Sam Raimi Spider-Man. Okay. Because up until then, comic book movies had been either niche or they'd been Batman and Superman, but it kind of billed as more action movies, right? There had Spider-Man was really the first. I know you could argue X-Men was out before that, but it really didn't take off, mm-hmm. I feel like, collectively, as, you know, culturally, until Spider-Man. Um, and that's what kind of opened the floodgates for what we now consider comic book films. Mm-hmm. And I think... <clears throat> And that film was good. I mean, you know, that so that was all great. But I think it was more about the kind of the opening, the cultural perception mm-hmm. of what comic book films could be. And I think, to me, that's what po- Detective Pikachu does. Um, I think it is a good film. It's entertaining. It's You're right. It's not, like, gloriously fantastic. But I think it's good. I think it's solid. The, the world of Pokemon is so enticing and colorful that I do think there's an appeal there, even if you've never played Pokemon pokemon and you're just going in and the characters and story are just strong enough to get you following the story and then seeing all the pokemon there kind of you know endears you to the world um but i think more so it's just kind of opening like look it can be done you can make something that is critically successful i mean again it's not blowing things out of the water but it's been fairly critically well received and it's doing well at the box office. When it's up against Avengers, mm-hmm. anything is going to be good, right? Yeah. So I, I think if more, th- if nothing else, I think that this is kind of like the 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 torchbearer of like, mm. look, this can be done. You still have to do it right. It's not like automatically everything's going to be good. But I think this might be the one that's like, okay, look. The other thing that's kind of interesting too is that, I mean, in my mind it is, but I think possibly in a lot of people's minds they don't consider it a dete- or a, a video game adaptation because Pokemon's so just ubiquitous outside of the gaming. Yeah. Yeah, I but I mean, Detective Pikachu evil... is a video game. Like, yeah, no, I know it is, but I'm just saying, I, I, I. I bet there's a lot of people who don't even think of it as a adaptation of a video game. Yeah, they just think that. it's Pokemon. I kind of see the branding of Detective Pikachu in relation to its own game, similar to the Fantastic Beast situation. Like, it's a branding, but it's not an yeah. adaptation, mm-hmm. literally, of that game, to my knowledge. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, Sean, I want to... I want to... Because um, I think where we disagree, I want to go back to your, your superhero movie analogy with X-Men and Spider-Man, because... what. 
I think I don't think this is the Spider-Man. I think this is the X- okay. the X-Men because when X-Men oh, came really? out, I think that was the look. We can make a competent video game movie that can have wide appeal and can be successful. But Spider-Man was the one that blew up, and I still feel like mm. that we that's still to come. And maybe Pikachu can help, yeah. you know, you know, help spur on some more comic or video game adaptations, and then maybe because of that, we'll get the Spider-Man. But I don't think this okay. is the Spider-Man. I think yeah. that's going to be. And I've always felt like with the curse, it's a I'll, I'll know it when I see it type of situation. Yeah. And yeah. and mm. Spider-Man was a oh I see it that comic book movies yeah. are a thing now. You know, okay. I see that. Well, I mean, here's a question. Part... I mean, like, what would you say if you if you could say like what that next one would be? What video game do you think it would be best adapted? Oh, it's obviously Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> no, it's <laughs> not. Obviously. No, I don't know. Um, I mean, that's the thing. I, yeah. I, and uh, I, yeah, I'm not sure. I like I said, I thought Prince of Persia was going to be it for a little while. I thought Assassin's mm-hmm. Creed had a pop- that or Warcraft had a, mm-hmm. a chance of being it. Uh, if we're going to talk about actual properties, I don't know. I mean. A lot of the... I could see like I mean I know they were talking about like an Uncharted. They were talking about a Bioshock. I mean that's still working. The Last of Us. Works. Wait, which one? The Uncharted. Oh, oh wasn't he... it going to be Mark? Tom Wahlberg? Holland. Speaking of Spider-Man, Tom Holland's supposed to be. He's currently um playing it. Oh, right. right. It was going to be young Nathan Drake, right? Or it is going to be that, yeah. right? So well, that's that right. Like I said, it's so much in you know pre-production turmoil that there's not really anything concrete. Mm-hmm. Um. But, uh, I mean, I see what you're saying, and, I, and yeah, you're, I think you make a good point, and I could see that this being... I think part of it, too, is just, like, visually it reminds me more of Spider-Man, so that's mm, why I kind of... Got it. But I, I agree. I think just, like, collectively its impact might be closer to the X-Men franchise. But that being said, I mean, X-Men was still a good film yeah. and a well-received film, mm-hmm. but I see what you're saying, that it maybe wasn't, like, the breakout hit that maybe... It wasn't the powder um, keg. Spider-Man yeah, was yeah, the powder exactly. keg, you know? X-Men enabled Spider-Man. Yeah, what's up? Yeah. Well, now that you mention it, I would have actually been really interested to see Sam Raimi direct this film. I just That's what I'm saying. It reminded me, I don't know if filmically, even in terms of like shot composition and all that stuff, it reminded me of it. But just, I don't know, there was something, I don't know, the same It just feels like a feel property that a, he could like, Spider-Man. yeah, it feels like a property that he could do his little, you know, Ramiisms yeah. and, and make something, yeah. you know, cool out of. Well, let's get into then what, I mean, we all kind of mentioned how much the story and the characters, for the most part, worked and we liked. To me, I, I agree that I think that, and, and that's always like this, like it's some big mystery. What's the magic key to make a video game movie work or a comic movie? It's like there's no magic key. It's always the same thing. You just have to have good characters and a good story. Like that, yeah. it doesn't matter what type of film it is and stuff. Just make a good movie. Um, yeah, yeah just, just make a good movie, have a good script. That it's not complicated, and I think for the most part it does that. And I think the parts that don't work for me are the things like I said. Sometimes it skews a little young, and where um, it kind of focuses less on Tim. The stuff that I do think where Tim is central to it and his relationship with Pikachu, which is silly as that sounds, like to me all that stuff I liked. Um, I almost kind of wanted a little bit more actually of his backstory and relationship with Pokemon because. That relationship with humans in this world is so kind of central to what the movie's about. Yeah. I wanted a little bit more from, like, yeah. where he's coming from. I got a comment on that because a lot of the character development is stuff that you see, like, hanging up in his bedroom. You see, like, competitions mm-hmm. like Kanto Championships and stuff. You don't yeah. know what those words mean if you don't have back Pokemon background. If you know what yeah. they mean, you go, oh, this guy's really into these things and he grew up idolizing this and this and wanted. But if you're not a Pokemon fan, 
it's meaningless. So, mm-hmm, yeah. you know, that's that's something to, to, to consider. And I, I think they should have spent more time with him on the things for the uninitiated so that we care more about him, etc. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I, got, I also yeah. just... I could have used more catching Pokemon. I know we got it in the first scene, but I was like, oh, okay. I just expected... I don't know. Maybe that that's obviously me with my own, like... But catching Pokemon, I just... It was the first scene and that was it, you know? Mm-hmm. You kind of expected yeah, it. I more. mean... It was interesting that that was not a part of the film, which is what is what the Pokemon games and just everything about Pokemon is always about. But it was kind of interesting. I liked it because – and they almost felt like they were kind of speaking to the Pokemon fans, the audience, when they were kind of going over Rhyme City, like Credo, yeah. of like, we live in peace. We're not about catching them. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of the writer's way of saying like, look, this isn't going to be a movie about catching Pokemon. But we like the Pokemon world and there's enough here that we can explore – that we're you know that's what it's about but it's not going to be like you know the catching part yeah it, i don't know it's just that it's kind of interesting it's interesting and i, I, res- I respect I, that yeah. choice i think it's a kind of a riskier choice to make i mean i feel like if we like are getting into this like universe you could start making it almost like a like a harry potter thing where it's like people who catch pokemon are like like the death eaters of this universe kind of thing where it's like they form this cult of like catching and controlling and i mean i get it's all team rocket but i mean like you could give team rocket i get that yes i understand what i'm saying you could give them almost like a you could you could make it a lot more mature i feel like then you could i mean i do think the film does a really good job of like telling its own story not trying to bleed into five other sequels and yeah. like what's gonna happen to this so i like that it was contained but the pokemon world and the stuff that they've established in this film like there's no way they're not making another film in the Pokemon universe. Like, yeah. to me, it's just like, why wouldn't they? It doesn't even have to be about the same character, but they've established enough of this world, and they've seen that there's enough of an audience there that, mm-hmm. yeah. You could tell any story you want. Easier. The next one could be a romantic exactly. comedy. <laughs> exactly. It and it'll just be in the Pokemon And it could just be about two Jigglypuffs. That, yeah, I'd go see that. <laughs> or a Nidoran and a Nidorano or whatever. I mean, I was talking people, <laughs> and what is... T- what does dating look like in the Pokemon world? Uh, Actually, okay, you know whatever. What? I, I want don't... a standalone movie of just Mr. Mime. That's what I want. <laughs> that was hilarious. That scene at the end, just where it's like he, you watch in the background, it's like he drops the 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 imaginary like you know. Oh match, yeah, yes. And Mr. Mime's like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, uh, I wrote some notes down. Oh, and I would f- like to share, share them. a couple. Please of them. share them. I wasn't expecting to be so terrified of random Pokemon that I'd never thought of to be terrifying. Like the um, the apoms, which are those monkeys with oh, yeah. the hands for oh, yeah. tails at the end, like or at the beginning, like they were scary. <laughs> and I was like, this is the derpiest Pokemon. Like you know, yeah. that was what I thought the most. It was like this Pokemon's so stupid. But I was like, well, oh. this is one thing that I kind of I don't know if it was a criticism or not, but I, it was just something that I couldn't quite settle on. Is that they? It was so vague how threatening Pokemon. Like because. They never kill, like, they never even hurt anyone, really, except for Mewtwo, where they suggest that Mewtwo, like, but, like, everything else, it's, like, the, essentially, if they have monsters roaming the world, and they're living, and, like, some beasts that could do massive damage, but even when, like, Charizard, like, goes crazy, no one ever gets hurt. Yeah. I know right? So, mean. it was, I don't know, there was this weird issue to me where it's, like, is it, th- are they threatening or not? Because... I don't know. I, I just wanted to see some stakes where like people were getting hurt or there's there's potential of these things going crazy, 
as you know what they show with the yeah. monkey guys. Well, I think you have I, to toe the line because there are no stakes in the video games or the, or the anime. The stakes yeah. are even lower. So you have to make it scary still, but you can't increase the stakes so far that the the little kids who are used to no stakes are like, oh my god, Pokemon are murdering humans. Like, well, that's what I mean, I mean when I, I talked that, about but... to me as a little too young. I just I'm not saying that they need to be murder. I just I, and maybe it's you know that's just my opinion, yeah. but I I just wish there was a little bit more, just like. Yeah, I'm not expecting people to die, but well, I don't know. Show I that like I, there's some threat that happens at this. I think I can kind of explain it, it, kind of what you're saying. So like when when that gas stuff was getting released and it would turn the Pokemon crazy, yeah. the first thing I thought of was Zootopia. Uh, like yeah. when when well, it would yeah when it would. I mean, the it. film in a lot of ways reminded me of Zootopia. Yeah, it, but I mean, like, just the too. thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, he comes into a city that's all new and he's learning this new city about Pokemon, two things living in harmony where they don't normally like. Yeah. But so I mean, much of it reminds me of Zootopia. When, when you know, when the the predators would go, uh, what what was it called? Like primal, uh, yeah. feral, or whatever. Or whatever. I don't remember. Yeah. yeah. But when when that happened, like it felt like a legitimate threat. Like that first scene where mm-hmm. the jaguar is chasing them, you're like, oh my god, they could actually die. Like it really yeah. felt like it was. But you know, when it's the cage match between Pikachu and Charizard, and even though Charizard's like breathing crazy fire and busting through the cage, you never are like, oh my god, this audience needs to run for their lives. It's like it never feels that way. It's not. It, well, that's, yeah, you, to you me, need, it just kind of like. You need the, that. It, the visually spectacle was still great from all of that stuff. And it's always fun to see all of the. All your Pokemon, like, interacting and, like, whatever. But it just felt like. Eh. Do they care? Do they even care that this Charizard is, like. He's essentially a dragon. It's just going to go kill people. But I guess not. So, hmm. whatever. I mean, I guess at the end of the day, would you say that this certainly left you wanting more? In a good way yeah. from the universe, yeah. so that's a good thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah I agree. I I, I um, got a comment on this before I forget about it because there are a couple sure. times where I could have talked about it. But you say it skews young, but I think there's some scenes that skew so old that I felt the movie was surreal and a surreal experience. And the one that I, <laughs> the one that I, the one that I'm gonna use in his example is like when the main character. Uh, Timmy Turducken, I don't remember his name. Um, he's like, he, like him and Pikachu are sitting in an That's alleyway, it. and he's like bearing his soul to Pikachu, and he's yeah. acting his butt off. He's like going for the Academy Award. He's crying, and I'm feeling sad. Like I'm actually feeling real emotions. And it cut to Pikachu, and Pikachu's like completely invested in what he's saying. It doesn't cut to a, like a Ryan Reynolds quip. He's just like, yeah. and it totally played seriously. And I'm invested in the scene. And one of the times it cut to Pikachu's, like, concerned face, I'm like, this is the most surreal scene I've ever seen in a movie. I cannot believe I'm sitting in a theater and this is happening, (laughs) and this conversation's occurring, and there's an animated Pikachu. Like, it's just so... I think there are parts of the movie that I can't believe how straight they played it. You know what I mean? I I had the exact same feeling in that exact same scene. <laughs> and I'm not kidding. I think I started laughing to myself. Like, too. what? Like, not because it was bad at all. Right. Played, it was great. It was a good moment. It was, like, again, going to the character stuff. But it was just like, what is happening? It's 2019, and we're watching a legitimate top box office film only beaten out by something even more surreal and crazy that is Avengers Endgame but Pikachu an animated live action Pokemon with Ryan Reynolds as the voice playing like what is this is society this is just the world now but like and I, I couldn't even comprehend like imagine I don't know describing that situation to anyone outside of like even 10 years ago and they'd be like no that you're an insane person right. yeah. the crazy exactly house. yeah <laughs> Yeah. So anyway, I, I wanted to comment on how surreal that was, but I also do think yeah. that 
like you were saying, there are certain things, like the the threatening level of the Pokemon, there's certain things that were scaled down, but there were also yeah. things that were, I think, legitimately scary and kind of like, oh, that's kind of edgy for a Pokemon movie, you know? Um, so mm, uh, yeah. that maybe, if, if anything, kind of creates a little bit of a tonal uh, dissonance yeah. for me. But yeah, not I a agree. big one, but it is, I think, worth noting. <clears throat> what were, were there any scenes that just made you like laugh out loud? And if so, which ones? That that one. <laughs> okay, but like, was uh, I think I mean there was a couple. One of them was when Ryan Reynolds or from Ryan. I will say that it was so hard to like like believe Ryan Reynolds as Pikachu, but actually I think that worked really well with the ending they went with. I'm like, oh, that was actually a good ending for. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, my point is though the scene when Pikachu's singing to himself after he leaves Tim. It's like no. I did that. I, you can't be with. I can't be with you. And he's singing the Pokemon theme. All sad. Like, yeah. All sad. I was. I, I was laughing. laughing. <laughs> okay. Um. I. Oh my gosh. Uh. I and I feel Maeve and I both both felt stupid for not picking up on this earlier. But I like when they revealed the Ditto at the end, and there was the Ditto oh. fight because we're like, because yeah. I, I think it was a misdirect. The the serum had an R on it. I thought it was going to be Team Rocket. That yeah, agent yeah. looked like a Team Rocket agent, and, and but yeah, she was uh-huh. she had pink in her co- in her in her suit, which should mm-hmm. and she wore sunglasses all the way until the end. And they had established really early in the movie that Ditto's can m- mimic humans. I, sh- I yeah. should I, we both felt stupid. We're like, oh my gosh, how did we? Not? But then once it's revealed, it's just like terrifying and hilarious. Like I was yeah. l- laughing during that whole fight scene. Just Ditto's <laughs> are horrifying. Oh yeah. Like, oh my god, especially because they keep their. Like when it was keeping like the ditto eyes, and I was like, "Oh my god!" I yeah, never exactly. That's what I'm talking about. It was like so unnerving, but also just hilarious that they went for that. You know, like mm-hmm. like that. They... I wish <laughs> there was this. Okay, so the scene for me that made me bust up laughing that I actually wish they had played more like comical was when all the gas was going was like leaking everywhere, and all the Pokemon were going mad mm-hmm. um, at, in like the Charizard cage match. And then the gas just makes Magikarp just break its cage and it's flopping on the ground. I was hoping they were going to play that out. They were like, Magikarp's going crazy, but it's just flopping on the ground. Like, it would have been hilarious if if it was an extended scene of just that. And then Pikachu was, like, using the Magikarp as, like, a shield or something. Like, I just, I I thought, I busted up laughing, but they could have played that funnier. All those moments, like, they were great because they're pulling it exactly from... I mean, it reminded me of Lego Movie in a lot of ways yeah. in those little moments where it's like it. They the filmmakers knew how you played with Legos and incorporated those moments or jokes into the film. And it was the same with Pokemon. They know our experiences with Pokemon, how we play the games, and our perceptions of different Pokemon, and they use that you know, in the film. And it didn't undermine the character of the story. It wasn't about those things, mm-hmm. but it was layered on top of it to give it its flavor and make it even you know that much more yeah I, I totally agree and i gotta say on that note i was surprised by how funny the movie was you know you never know with movies that are t- targeted to um to kids because you know sonic the hedgehog doesn't look funny at all so and and i and, I, and nothing in pikachu's trailers really made me like laugh out loud but i was surprised by yeah. how consistently i was just like chuckling or or, or yeah. laughing for real so that and it's because of the reasons that you just outlined definitely mm-hmm. <clears throat> um well, you mentioned Zootopia events, and I do think, yeah, the similarities are pretty apparent in that. But I also, it reminded me a lot of, did you guys ever read or see, it wasn't very good, but uh, The Gold Compass? I saw the, the movie. Yeah, the movie, I mean, I read the whole, it's a trilogy of books, and the books are great. Um, the mm-hmm. film is not so great. But in, anyways, in the, it, the premise, though, is that, like, there's this, in this world, 
everyone has their familiar and a familiar is like a little animal person that they're always with. Um, but essentially that that person, that familiar is that person's soul. And it's just, everyone has their soul that exists outside their body and they interact mm-hmm. with it like another being. And it reminded me, I mean, that's kind of what, I don't know. It reminded me of that where like, you know, they were treating Tim, like, where's your Pokemon? Like, it's almost like something he's walking down the street without pants on or something, you know, it's just like so right. weird. And I, I kind of like that idea of, <laughs> him walking down the street without pants on. No, um, with <laughs> does uh, that happen? What's Someone that? Does. Doesn't that actually happen? Oh, he does do that, doesn't he? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, when he's freeing from the monkey guys. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean um, to derail you. But no, <laughs> uh, I just mean that, like, this idea of that, like, everyone's souls and their relationships are just like a, a physical manifestation in the world. And I thought mm-hmm. that's an interesting take on mm-hmm. Pokemon. Like, that's a cool thing. Like. In the game, in the games and stuff, it's never really about that so much. And I'm like, oh, that's kind of a cool take on something, a slightly new original take on Pokemon. Yeah, I like that. That was cool. Um, well said. Also, I, I feel like I ask this every episode, so you guys could tell me to stop at some point. But what did what? you guys think? Did you guys think there was a message to this film, or what did you guys think? Like, what was at the heart of this? Oh, and I'm obviously, this is all just me. a reason for me to answer my own question. But I do want to hear you guys see it. You, you got to start telling me that you're going to ask this before <laughs> we start recording, so I can think about it. Because I'm sure I can come up with a good answer. But what was the message? What was the message? Hmm. Um, well, if you don't have anything, I could go and see what you think and see. All right. You know what? Why don't you get it going? I'm gonna okay. that'll get the oven. That'll get the cold churning. So to me, I don't know if it was intentionally necessarily meta. Meta. I I, I don't want to like. Because I think there's a certain level of cynicism that comes with, ooh, it's meta. And I don't think this film's cynical, which is to its credit. I, I think they could have gone. But I do think the message kind of plays into that a little bit. And to me, the message was something along the lines of, like, it's good to have things that you love that's that makes you who you are and passionate. But do not become obsessed by them. Otherwise, they'll consume you or it will consume you. Mm-hmm. And I think that's ultimately, like, this idea that, like, I mean, that's ultimately that what happens at the end of the film the Pokemon consume, like they become what they like. Everyone becomes their Pokemon. Yeah. And the, the bad guy is just like, he's so obsessed with Pokemon that he loses himself in the Pokemon himself. And even in going just like with the father figure, Tim's father, like he, he forgot what was important to him because he was so obsessed with, you know, whatever being a detective or Pikachu or Pokemon that he literally was lost in it. Like, I don't know. I thought that was an interesting take. And you have a character like Tim who is on the opposite end of the spectrum where he's like, you know, he doesn't have anything and it's, and it's his finding him having to find the balance of like, you know, finding things that bring him joy and, and people that bring him joy around him, but not becoming obsessed with it and losing Hmm. himself. I don't know. Maybe I'm reaching, but that's what I kind of got from it. And I thought it was just an interesting take in a film that's about Pokemon, which is arguably a huge fan obsession, people, a culture of people just like spending whatever hours and millions, not millions, whatever, thousands of dollars in their obsession. No, that's kind of interesting take. Yeah, I liked it. I really I actually when I think about it, you're everything you're saying rings true. Like, I, I, I agree with that. I think that that is exactly the message, the underlying message that it was trying to convey. Hmm. Cool. Do you have any uh, thoughts? You don't have don't to. Know. If you don't agree, that's fine. If you had any other thoughts, though. I don't know if I agree or disagree. I think the things that... If, if I'm talking speaking based on my emotions mm-hmm. and, and not, like, analytical, I feel like what I 
my feelings is what I took from it is about like you know shutting yourself out from people. I feel like if we're just talking about the main character and his emotional and yeah. his story arc, it's it's about him you know accepting other accepting help, not being a loner, etc. Like letting yeah. people into your lives, and I think that relates. I think that relates to the theme that's established early, where there's like you can keep Pokemon at a ball, or you can form a special bond with them and. And it's important, like, you know, where's your soul? Where's your Pokemon? You know, you have to let other individuals in in order to really experience life to the fullest. I think I'm not, I think that's probably more what I took from it. That's that's and, good. I, I like that yeah. too, for sure. I, I could understand yeah. that and get that. And, like that. and po- Pokemon has always been a, a franchise that's about like, here's your buddies, here's your partners. Yeah. You form a special bond with them. The more the games evolved, the more they added the kind of like friendship elements to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know. And uh, and I think that's probably I think that's probably a little bit more wide wider reaching of a me- I don't know even know if I want to call it a message but yeah well I, you I, know I mean, mean a theme I guess an emotional through yeah. line something to connect to you know what I mean um, yeah cool I was watching this is kind of off topic but I it's really it's Pokemon but um, there's a content creator he works for the website Polygon but his name is Brian David Gilbert um, he recently came out with this he was at PAX East or PAX West one of the trade shows and he had a pokemon mm-hmm. rap i don't know if you've seen this video online but it's pretty funny um but anyways at the end of it though he it kind of had something that i thought oh that's kind of a cool kind of way to take it is that the theme they always say in the tv show you gotta catch them all gotta catch them all it's like it's not about catching them all it's about one or it's about loving the ones you catch and i thought oh that's a cool message and i mm. i don't know if it necessarily applies to this film but i don't know there's something to maybe be gleaned from that i think so i think i think i think maybe what was the first thing it's not about catching them all yeah. yeah, I think I'm loving the ones you catch. That's a that, boy. That's poetic. You know, I know. You know, I got I got some chills with that. Oh, Just a little no. bit. I did. There you yeah. go. There you go, everyone. Um, well, there's one other last thing I want to touch on, unless you guys have other things. And what did you guys yeah, think about the ending? By which I mean, again, spoilers. But uh, the revelation that it <laughs> Ryan Reynolds was really. <laughs> In the universe, like it was literally well, Ryan Reynolds inside Pikachu the whole time. I guess we actually haven't. I, well, I, we actually I wanted to talk about the ending for sure, but we also haven't spent a lot of time talking about the plot. So if you wanted to oh, talk sure, about yeah. general plot points, what you guys thought of how the story well, let's hit the out, ending first because I brought it up, and then we could talk go about for the it. plot points. Yeah. So I don't. To me, that was like a really kind of funny. I thought it worked great. Um, so I really enjoyed that. Like, oh, it literally was Ryan Reynolds inside <laughs> Pikachu this whole time, and it was really funny. And and I think. Because the whole time they had kind of hinted at who's his father, they hadn't shown this mysterious figure. But the whole time I'm like, well, there's no characters they haven't shown yet. Like, it's not going to be Bill Nye was his father. Like, who right. haven't they shown? But then it ends up like, well, they kind of pulled a fast one. Like, they left this mysterious father figure because they know that we know who Ryan like, – you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't know. I just thought it was – I'm not saying it was, like, great in terms of, you know, filmmaking. But for me, I liked it. I, I thought it worked. All right, um, yeah, I felt uh, I felt weird, <laughs> like I like I like I I like a little bit before they revealed it, I went, oh no, I know where this is going, and then when they were revealing it, I went, um, all right, well, I don't know, I feel a little strange about this, but I I, I came to accept it, but it's a pretty strange twist, isn't it? it? Is, can right. we can we can we agree on that? Yes. It's, which I applaud. I, I do mean, too. Yeah, that's, for a Pokemon that's unique film, and it's surprising. It way safer, or, not that this was like not safe, but it definitely wasn't like what I was expected. Expected. It's yeah. not expected at all. So, um, yeah, I, if nothing else, yeah, I think that it's impressive that they were really able to kind of come up with a cool, neat, 
twist. You know, and the thing yeah. about twists, you know, it, it should be obvious once it's revealed, but yeah. impossible to predict. You know, yeah. Um, I, I think this is pretty close to that. Yeah, I, <laughs> I went. Oh, of course, that's what's going on. But boy, oh boy, <laughs> was I not expecting that. Um, yeah. Um, I, what do you guys? Uh, well, hey, Mewtwo. Yeah. Mewtwo. What do you guys think about? What do you guys think of uh, how they handled that, or the fact that that's what the, the it was a Mewtwo story? I want to get into some nerdy stuff here before we wrap yeah. this up. That's well, yeah, we got Yeah, you're right. We got to we got to rebel in the nerdum. Um, yeah, I mean, to me, I I think. I like the Mewtwo stuff because, I mean, that's the ultimate thing, right? That was, especially in the original. Mm, yeah. like, that was the ultimate thing. So I like how they tied it in that he was imposing and overwhelming in this mysterious figure. But ultimately, like, he's just like any other creature. He's not evil or anything like that. Um, he's just it – just, it is what it is, like every other Pokemon. Um, and he's had a rough time. Yeah. Like, objectively, he's had a rough time. Um, I liked that they uh, – they – Retain they. I liked personally just as a fan that they mentioned that he escaped from the Kanto region twenty years ago. I went, oh, okay. Well, that means that either the red yeah. and blue games are canon to this universe, or the movies, the animes, canon to this universe. So that's that's a whole other conversation. But I thought that's interesting. They went, no, yeah, this is the same Mewtwo that you know. That's yeah. cool. Mm-hmm. That and is the cool. fact the fact that that he was able to wipe minds, mm-hmm. memories. But he did it for reasons that made sense in the plot in this one, whereas in the first Pokemon animated movie, that it he just wipes everyone's memory at the end for no reason, and the entire movie's pointless. Like <laughs> I like that they acknowledge that yes, he can wipe memories, but we're gonna do it for a good reason this time and not a stupid one. So yeah, I like the head. Um, you know, I think Mewtwo was a safe bet. Yeah, to, to do Mewtwo story because um, of because of wide appeal. But I also kind of am maybe wondering, like, you know, Mewtwo can... It's a Superman debate. He can do anything. Like, apparently he can merge two, like, living beings into yeah. the same one. And <laughs> and, he, and he can he could just do anything he wants. So that's a problem. We have a character that can solve or fix it, anything at any time. But then you have to have other characters best him. Like, well, okay, this is, the strong, is this Pikachu actually the strongest entity in the world? Because he... You know what I mean? Like... It's getting. It gets a little. It gets a little nitpicky. Yeah. We start getting into like Marvel Avengers versus Avengers debates, kind of there. But it's you know, it's a having an all powerful being as a character can cause some problems. I just want to know if you got what you guys thought about that. Um, I didn't mind that so much because I think he was just laid low. He was more to me. It was more. He was a plot. Like as much as it's, you know, it's cool to see Mewtwo or cool to see any Pokemon. He wasn't as much a character to me as he was just a plot device which hmm. i guess that kind of speaks to what you're saying that it, it maybe he should have been more of a character or it should have been more of a character but to me it was more just like yeah he was kind of the deus ex at the end and and he was kind of their little trail of breadcrumbs getting them to where they need to get for the story um so i didn't mind it as much but i i under i, I agree though that he was probably too like if they spent too much more time on him i think i would have had more of an issue with it because then it would have been, been like, you know, if he's here all the time and he's this powerful or all this stuff, why isn't this happening? But because he was relegated just enough to kind of the end, it it kind of worked for me. Or it worked a little bit more for me anyway. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I mean, I can't believe I'm using, you know, the, the first Pokemon movie as, you know, an example. But <laughs> I feel like that movie was too focused on, on Mewtwo. Like, he was no longer just like, you know something that started the plot you know rolling he was absolutely integral to everything that happened 
and he was he was the god of of the universe mm-hmm. in every way and I just feel like this was a small little story that was happening and Mewtwo just happened to be the one that, you know, kickstarted it mm-hmm. in a way. Like yeah. it, it it was very it was well handled and it could have been mishandled very badly. We've already seen it happen in animated form and it would have been easy to do. It could have gone for like we got to make this as epic as Infinity War and Endgame. We got to oh, have yeah. Mewtwo fighting Mew on the top of a mountain in a thunderstorm and Charizard shows up and it's just like what is happening? Like oh, it yeah. totally I mean, could they, have happened. They got to build to that. Gotta, we can't still build to it. That's the good each news. Pokémon's origin film and then they have their own <laughs> three-part franchise that culminates I mean in the it would have been hilarious though if somehow our main character got turned to stone and then Pikachu's tears or what, what saved him. And then Mewtwo was like, huh, I guess things I al- can be okay. I almost thought that when they carried the, the Pikachu into the forest and put him on the stump, that all the Pokemon were going to start crying to heal Pikachu. Oh, it was a, I, I was actually, like, for a moment convinced that that was going to happen. <laughs> so then when Mewtwo showed up, I went, oh, dang. Instead of something stupid, it's something cool. I thought it would have been freaking sweet, though, if, like, he, he's, like, rushing him into a Pokemon Center, and there's, like, a Nurse Joy who's, like, flipping out. She's like, we gotta get him to a... Du-. Like, I don't know, we just, like... You just see all well, these... Well, here... Go ahead. Here's a, good, here's a good thing about that. We can do Nurse Joy in a sequel. Yeah. There's enough nostalgia stuff that they saved for plenty of other Pokemon movies. Exactly. I so, actually wouldn't so that's... be surprised if the next one is just... You know the original Pokemon. Like we get an Ash Ketchum, we get a Pikachu, we get a Brock, a Misty, Professor Oak. You know, it's just that. Story. I wouldn't be surprised, but I, I don't want that. It. Yeah, I don't know if I want that either, but I could see it happening. Um, I mean, I do think they did a, did a good job just with the world building. They they gave us just hints enough without over explaining it. Like we talked about this in other episodes and stuff too, where sometimes you could go too much in like explaining the world and I like that they didn't go too much at least for me like at the very beginning they had a le- brief little like it was obviously um uh just explanation of the world mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and it was it was very thinly disguised but it was just like and pokemon have been with us throughout history and in this city they're like okay that's all we need you don't need to tell us yeah. how everything works in this world we could kind of leave it up to our imagination and it's fun to do that we don't need to see wait how is the wars fought do pokemon fight with them in wars and what is happens when the po- like i don't you don't need to tell me this stuff. I mean, I made then it. It turns note. into Fantastic Beasts. Yeah. <laughs> you start getting too yeah. into that. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was so close to the like, man, Zootopia again. The exposition is yeah. done on a train going into the yeah, city. Exactly. It's like, that's oh my god, saying. there's so much it about it. So similar, like, um, and and even that he's becoming a cop, kind of. Yeah, it's time. so similar. <laughs> Wait a minute, they stole Zootopia. Oh no! Oh no! I, 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 when you said that, I totally was like. <laughs> Yeah, it is absolutely Zootopia. Um, well, what was your favorite Pokemon appearance? I mean, we got to have that question. What Ooh. we would be just ashamed of ourselves if we didn't. Yeah, I, I uh, gotta go with. For me, I gotta go with Magikarp. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was a good one, though. I mean, you're not wrong, not at all. Well, okay. I mean, if we're being honest, it was probably the Ditto scene. But I, my starter was always Bulbasaur. Yeah, and I was just gonna I, say. Yeah. I loved the Bulbasaur scene. Yeah. I loved it. I I loved how they his design in the movie. I loved how they moved. I loved how they looked, and just like, like, oh man, I want one. Yeah, <laughs> that Bulbasaur just like, like I, they had that scene in the trailer too. But I think in the film, it just like conveyed like 
just like I don't know, I couldn't, I can't it's even magical what it reminded me of. But yeah, magical. It was really magical. Just like oh man, I want to go out there and run with Bulbasaurs. <laughs> I do. Like that's what I want from a Pokemon movie. Like and it delivered on that level. Um, but since you picked Bulbasaur, I'm gonna go with because it was so weird and just like of all the things they picked, they went with um, uh, Psyduck. Yeah, I'm just gonna go with Psyduck. <laughs> the Psyduck stuff was good. Really you can good. go with Bulbasaur. I'll change mine. Uh, no, no I, I'm not gonna. No, I won't change mine. But I do want to mention the uh, the the Squirtle Squad reference, the firefighting oh, yeah. Squirtles from the anime. <laughs> that was great. Oh, yeah. and they didn't they didn't spend too much time going. Hey, look a reference. It was just a thing in passing, and I mm-hmm. went, oh hey, Squirtle Squad. So mm-hmm. I like that one too. <clears throat> also, when um, Ditto transforms into a Machamp and he tries to get into like hand to hand combat with it, Machamp should have wrecked his face. He has like eight <laughs> arms. That's all I gotta say. I don't know how dittos work, and I don't know if they have yeah, the same know. strength and powers. And I don't whatever. I don't whatever. I don't care. <laughs> Super it was fun. It was funny, and I was like freaking out during the whole scene. So, whatever. Also, um, what? So we we mentioned it earlier. What were those giant turtle things? What Pokemon is that? Where they the world is basically getting destroyed. Oh, uh, there are these uh, things uh, called a Pokemon Terras, I think is the name. They're Gen Four, I believe. Uh, I'm look that up. And are they really that big? They, they're no. big. They're the biggest Pokemon. No, right? no the, the movie not. implied that they were experimenting on. Oh, on... is that what it was? Yeah, okay. they had made those from normal size. Uh, I don't know what normal size okay. are, but no, they're not. Uh, that's they, a starter. They... Like you know, Sean, you played the fourth gen, so you know what the Turtwig is. The the grass yeah. starter. Oh, okay. The... Yeah, yeah. No, I remember. But I guess the size just threw me off, and I didn't pick up the beat where they said that they had been experimenting. Like you know, those were the results of the experiments. Yeah. Yeah. I also okay. I don't know why, but like. Seeing Ditto like that, it kind of made me think like if they could somehow merge like Emperor's New Groove and Pokemon into one where you had like a Ditto that just couldn't figure out its own identity, so it kept trying to transform into like Pokemon, and like one second it would be like a Caterpie, and the next it would be like like an Onix. It just didn't get, it didn't know what it wanted to be. Wait, uh, hold on a second. Did that Ditto woman ever speak? Does she have dialogue? She never had dialogue. In so we don't know if it did. If it did, trans- I didn't know Ditto's could transform into humans. So if they can transform into humans, can they speak and appear human? I want to know that. Well, do because- when they transform into other Pokemon, do they speak like the other Pokemon? I have no idea. I don't remember. <laughs> Vince, do you know? Ah, uh, no, I, they don't. A, po- a Pokemon fan scre- listening is screaming right now and is yeah, frustrated. Yeah, someone cause... out there, some listener, we know you're banging your head against something. But yeah, so like if a, if a Ditto turned into Pikachu, it doesn't go Pika Pika, right? I mean, right? to be honest, I think it ditto? does. The thing is, because oh, it it's supposed to be like a, a, an exact copy to where like, I mean, if it's able to use its attacks, it should have the same genetic code to where it can also use, have its <laughs> voice. I don't know. Like... <laughs> These okay, are the well, questions I, that they I, better I, answer in subsequent Pokemon films. I gotta rewatch because if during that fight scene the Ditto is making Pokemon accurate sounds every time it transforms, we can assume it would be able to, to talk, to, right? To if talk, but ma- maybe the only barrier is that it hasn't learned yeah, how to speak English know. yet. That's true. Yeah. yeah. I want this movie. That's what I want the sequel to be. I want that. I, I want to know more about that Ditto situation. That's really what I want to know. Well, I mean, they again, they didn't go super into the world building, but it did touch on things. So, like when they're showing Rhyme City for the first time, and like they're living together in peace, but then some Pokemon like look like they have job. Like there's the there's the Machamp right, who's directing traffic and stuff. Mm-hmm. And 
Oh, that like, was another great reference with the 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 Snorlax being asleep in the oh, middle of the road. So funny. Oh, yeah. That was another great reference. Sorry, but yeah, Pokemon jobs. So, are they equal? Do they do they Pokemon vote? Do they have jobs? Can they oh, like, no. buy cars? And <laughs> Sean, I'm gonna stop you. I don't want to. Yeah, 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 don't stop right there. <laughs> this is gonna be like the Goblet of Fire, where that whole, there's that whole House Elf Liberation Front, and I'm not about that right now. <laughs> You're gonna keep those house elves, house elves down, huh? Vince? Exactly. It's exactly what I'm gonna right. do. I mean, that Charizard looked like he was having a good time making hot dogs on the street. Yeah. That that that's what they were making, right? Every every food cart is a hot also, dog. Also, what are hot dogs yes. made out of? I don't care. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm gonna eat them. I'm gonna eat them anyway. Here, you know, I don't know. What are they made out of? Does anybody know? What, is... what kind of? Well, okay, wait. Good hot dogs are beef. Yeah, is it like a mill tank? The second gen cow Pokemon, or is it like a Tauros, one of the bull Pokemon? See, I know I mean, Pokemon. How, things. how many? Co- how many cow? Po- are there any other cow Pokemon? Yeah, there's others, I think, but those are the main two. I mean, did did they show any animals in this? Were there any animals in this movie? I don't think so. No, so I was maybe lo- like maybe in this, there's just no animals and there's only Pokemon. I mean, essentially, that's what our world. Like, why don't we just go catch animals? <laughs> Cause we, we could be living Pokemon guys. <laughs> nobody's figured out Pokeball technology. That's, <laughs> That's literally right. the only thing stopping us. And you know that right. to be true in your heart. I, I don't deny it. Okay. Um, all right. Well, any other final thoughts on Pokemon Detective Pikachu? No, I mean, I liked it. It was yeah. a weird movie. It was weird and <laughs> enjoyable and fun. And while maybe not the bla- blowout hit that, you know, maybe we were hoping for, I do think it will be entertaining on repeat viewings. Like, this is a film I could see, like, myself watching when it's just on TV. Oh, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. I like that. I'm going to watch that again. Like, you know, that kind of thing. I think you're right about that. And I do think, going back to a, a previous topic, I think there's a good chance that, like I said, this could be the X-Men and we can mm-hmm. see Hollywood... That's really what you need. You need to see something successful enough to where they're going to take more risk, more of the same yeah. type of risks. And if they do that and we get a, a little bit more video game movies, there's a good chance we'll hit the Spider-Man, I think. So yeah. it's a yeah. step in the right direction, I would say. That's what yeah, I, here's I hoping. think. As long as they get to good stuff before they like get to some of the franchises I care a lot about. Like, if they ever do a Zelda film before they start making good movies? Good, no, good yeah, they gotta get it figured out first. Yeah, exactly. but what if it were okay? What if it were Zelda? Oh, that's what if, true. Yeah, mm, mm-hmm. you know, that's what I'm talking about. Also, also, there's rumors that Universal's new theme park is gonna have an entire Nintendo area. Yeah, wait, and if they have a Zelda movie, is Link gonna talk? I don't uh, know. Uh, I don't know. A, 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 you know what? A competent screenwriter will make that decision. I think he has to. You can't have a silent protagonist in a video in a movie. Well, I mean, you can, but it would be, have to be like, I don't know. Hey, I think Drive proved that you can because Ryan Gosling <laughs> says nothing in that movie. Request for Fire. Those are the only two films I could think of, or like The Artist or something. I, It'll be well, the Academy Award winner for Best Picture, Zelda. You hear here, folks. Heard it here first. Just heard it here. Yeah. Anyways, anyway, well, 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 let I, us I, know what you thought of Pokemon Detective Pichu, Pikachu if you saw it. Did you guys think it broke the video game curse? Not. Why? Why not? Um, and what games are you looking forward to that are going to be adapted into movies? Other than Sonic the Hedgehog, which is the end-all, be-all of everything. <laughs> That's it. That's going to solve all the Earth's problems. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Hey, speaking of letting us know what you thought, uh, yeah. Sean, Sean so take it away. So we have some emails. We promised we would read emails, and you guys delivered. So we're going to read them. Um, we got two emails this week. And um, so we're three out of five. We're two more away from our big five-email extravaganza. Wait, what are we doing when we get five? We're already answering the emails. 
<laughs> well, we what? promised something when five would happen. We promised something. What did we promise? I don't remember. Okay, it's a surprise. It's a surprise for all of us. Anyways, so <laughs> this first email uh, is from Sam Stovold, and Sam Stovold's a really good friend of mine, um, and he has a couple podcasts himself. So I just want to plug him real fast before I read his email. He has a podcast called Reopening the Wormhole. It's a Deep Space Nine podcast. As you can imagine, he was also at that Deep Space Nine documentary, um, What We Left Behind. Um, so check that out if you like Star Trek. And he also has a Star Wars comic book co- podcast called Marvel Star Wars Explorers, where um, him and his friend Brian read through the old 70s and 80s Star Wars comics hmm. um, with a modern perspective, obviously. And I was recently a guest on a couple of their episodes, so go check that out, folks. Um, they're great podcasts. They're awesome. They're way more entertaining than what we got here. Hey. But, oh, I mean, we're good. You don't Anyways. speak the truth. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so this is from Sam Stovall. Subject line, end game, but E, parentheses, male, end parentheses, end game. Eh? Eh? Uh, that's complicated. It. Yeah, it is. Uh, anyway, so, hello, Yum Chunkers. I always look forward to your episodes. It's a fun way to spend a little more time in whatever fictional universe it may be that you're covering after the credits finish rolling. And I was eagerly awaiting your Endgame episode with that same excitement. It didn't disappoint. Many of your feelings mirrored mine, and it was interesting to hear some of the more dissenting takes. For me, MCU movies are masters at wry humor and sometimes masters at spectacle when they're not doing messy, vague CGI climaxes. But usually fail to really land with me on much of an emotional level. Endgame was no exception, as both Iron Man and Cap's Endgames left me with intellectual warm fuzzies, if not heartfelt, tear-inducing warm fuzzies. But Thor! That stuff got to me. Chris Hemsworth deserves all the praise that can be given to him for everything involved Thor, involving Thor. I loved your guys' take that it's an alternate depiction of sadness, and I liked how much you guys all enjoyed the humor that he brought to it. But to me, what's, mo- what's amazing is the way he can <clears throat> shift completely in seconds from that warm, ridiculous humor to heart-wrenching sadness and pain. The look in his eyes and the shift in his demeanor from goofy, affable, alcoholic after Hulk mentions Thanos by name cuts me to the bone. To a lesser but still significant extent, his panic attack and emotional moment with his mother is played at times for laughs and at times for genuine emotion, and the movie lands them both so successfully. It's amazing. So mainly, I just wanted to give a shout out to my brother Thor for the fact that he managed to make the humor work, to make the heart work, and to never have to sacrifice any element of his character to do so. He was easily my favorite element of the whole movie. Hmm. Oh, also, what the... Fudge was Chris's second criticism that he relentlessly teased you Uh. and the listeners with. You can't just do that. If you're not going to say whatever it is that you're talking about, don't even leave it in the episode. If it's annoying when it happens uh, during the conversation in life, it's even worse as a listener of a podcast. Sad face emoji. Otherwise, love the app and I'm hungrily anticipating your Detective Pikachu episode. Hugs and kisses, Sam. Well, Um, Chris isn't here, so we probably should be be nice, but... Uh, I agree with you, and we're yes. sorry, and we won't do that again, and we're not going to leave it in another episode if we do. Yes, that was but... also partially my fault as an editor. I should have just edited it out entirely, and I've actually talked to Sam offcast about this. <laughs> but okay. yes, we apologize to everyone. That was silly and dumb, and Chris, why did you even bring it up if you weren't going to say it? So you are partially to blame as well. And, and the reason why we're apologizing is because we're still not going to tell you. Yeah. Um, if you do want to but... know, it's it's actually silly and dumb, but if you want to know, just email us or talk to us, and we'll tell you. Um, um, but otherwise, but, but uh, otherwise, yes. Thank you, Sam, for the email. That was awesome. Um, yeah, I mean, you heard our whole podcast, so you know how we feel. But yeah, I mean, Thor. I think I've said it. Kind of has become my favorite of the Avengers, 
And I think Endgame kept with that tradition. Um, I think uh, I think with his opinion about how he's able to pivot back and forth between the 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 heart you know the heartwarming mm-hmm. and the, I think that's why I'm really excited about the possibility of him joining the Guardians because yeah. I think they realized he's really funny. Like Chris Hemsworth is yeah. really funny. He's got good timing. He should be in the more comedic Mar- Marvel movies, but also Guardians could use a, a dash of of actual genuine heartfelt emotion to it too so i think that's mutually beneficial for both thor as a character and guardians as a franchise so uh that was that was a exciting for me too yeah i agree i hope that's the direction they're taking that but um but yeah thanks again sam um and hopefully you liked our talk about detective pikachu as we just discussed so let us know what you guys thought of that or what you thought of the film too um but yeah thanks again for the email much love much appreciated and we have one more email all right. So this is from Eric Ambler. He is also a friend of mine, um, and he also has a podcast that I'm going to plug. Um, his podcast is fantastic. It's called What Were We Watching? It's a podcast where him and his friend Cam um, look at movies from their childhood and then watch it, you know, now, modern, and kind of take what stuff they loved, what they didn't like, what does hold up, what doesn't hold up um, in the intervening years. It's fantastic. And I was recently a guest on their episode. They did an episode on the original Disney Aladdin film oh, cool. as apropos for the summer. Um, so if you want to hear me talking about Disney's Aladdin, head on over to What Were We Watching? That podcast is awesome. Um, anyway, so this is his email. His subject line, New Iron Man Video Game Cinema. Hello, Larry Chunkers. This is the first email I've sent to you, but I've been thoroughly enjoying your podcast for about a year now. Which, side note, that thanks for listening for wow. so long. Yeah. That's almost all of it. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> that, I mean, that's just cool and fun to hear that people have been listening. Um, anyways, um, I was compelled to comment, comment on your Avengers Endgame discussion about who might take up the mantle of Iron Man in future Marvel movies. To me, his replacement has been obvious since Black Panther. It's the princess of Wakanda herself, Shuri. She's like Tony Stark in a lot of ways, a scene-stealing, super-intelligent Czech genius who's also a tenacious fighter, despite a lack of physical strength. I would love to see her out of the lab and flying around as the Iron Panther. In parentheses, maybe that's already happened in the comics. I don't know. I'm not well-versed in anything beyond the movies. In parentheses. Also, I wanted to chime in on the curse of video game to movie adaptations, as mentioned in your episode on the Sonic trailer. I know this so-called curse is based on the lack of films that have achieved equal critical and commercial acclaim, but personally, I think it's false to claim that all video game movies are terrible. For example, I thought both the Angelina Jolie and Alicia Vikander Tomb Raider films were pleasant action romps. I also think movies like Mortal Kombat and the Resident Evil series are aiming for a certain camp value and hit it on the head. What do you guys think? Are there any video game movies that you enjoy as quality entertainment or guilty pleasure? Thank you for indulging this long email. I hope it counts extra toward that five that will unlock the mysterious prize for your listeners. Sincerely, oh, no. Eric Ambler. That we definitely have to have a prize. Oh, um, okay, I want to. I want to refer to our last yeah. year email about how like a lot of things are kind of like seen in black and white. And and no, I don't think I don't I don't think a lot of the movie the video game movies are terrible. I think uh, there are a lot of them I enjoy. I and I agree with him. Um, I really like the Alicia Vikander. Tomb Raider movie, um, yeah. and, and part of it is because I'm a Tomb Raider fan, but I really, really liked that movie. I liked the first Mortal Kombat, and there's probably, you know, like, there's probably a few others that I'm like, yeah, okay, that was fine. Um, I don't think a lot of them are terrible, but I also, that doesn't mean that they're the one. I mean, I do one, think the there one. are a lot that are terrible. Yes, though. that is true, <laughs> but like I said, I'll know it when I see it. Just because the movie's not the curse breaker doesn't mean it's a bad, it's like, awful you know what i mean but yeah again a lot of that has a lot of the ones that i like have to do with my nostalgia and that's kind of i'm looking for the one that doesn't need that 
you know. Yeah, yeah. I agree. What Vincent, do you, guys do you have any like favorite video game movies that even if they're not considered like you know great necessarily widely? I mean, like I guess I kind of have a soft spot for for the at least the, the first Resident Evil movie, um, and I did kind of enjoy guiltily Doom. I don't know what it is, but but just yeah, yeah. There is a certain like kind it's of like, like so just, like, bad and like so like yeah. campy that it's just almost funny. And like there's a scene in it when he takes like this guy takes some serum and it literally is just a first person shooter where the 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 yeah. gut like it is it just is. I know. Yeah. I remember that. And that was the money shot for the trailer. Yeah. Uh, like I hated I that movie. I hated it too. But like it's but it's like I don't know. Like it was if I'm watching it and like I'm drunk, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> well, same with the Super Mario movie. Oh, that's very true. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was actually suggesting to Eric that they should do the Super Mario movie on his podcast because I'd love to hear oh, their take on that. Uh, oh, man. That movie actually um, scared me yeah. as a kid. That's so weird. I didn't like it. I, it got under my skin, man. Like, as a kid, I had nightmares. In like, the same way like I had, I got nightmares from E.T. Like, why, I, was it, why was it Blade Runner? I, <laughs> I mean, but the thing is, on paper, like, if you had told me nowadays, like, they're going to do a Mario movie, but it's going to be, like, Blade Runner. I'd be like, holy crap, that sounds amazing. I wanted to be there in the writing room when, like, the guy, like, I'm hoping it was, like, the whitest kid you know sketch, where it was just a guy who was in the mailroom came into the writing room and was like, guys, I got this plot for Super Mario Brothers, the movie. We're, we're making it exactly like Blade Runner. And then he was like, okay, keep going. <laughs> yeah, I like what you're saying. All right, keep going. Get Mel Gibson back into action. <laughs> Dennis Hopper's Bowser. He's, he's not a lizard. He's just Dennis Hopper. He has spiky hair, though, so the fans will get it. All right, keep going. You got it. That's going to get that demographic we're talking about. What's that demographic? Black people. That's right. No, no. Um, yeah, I mean, I agree Like with Eric for sure. There are... Def- I actually like the Vikander Tomb Raider a lot too. Like I, I, I had issues. The first act was kind of, but I thought like it captured the more recent Tomb Raider games. I thought really well, and it was also just really fun. And the whole climax I thought was great. Like, yeah. I, um, I guess, but kind of what you're saying though, it definitely isn't the curse breaker because it just it didn't it didn't have that acclaim. It didn't do well, all that stuff. Um, but I think one of the ones that I I think is often forgotten is the Silent Hill film. Um, mm. I actually like that a little bit. It, to me, it was it captured a lot of what I loved about the game of just like this weird, hazy, surreal nightmare where you're not really sure what is real, what you're actually doing. Like, I mean, that's not a great pitch for a movie right. where you're just well, confused the whole time. I agree with you on that stuff. I just think the too much of the plot was in the back of the movie. Yeah, know, well, right? I do think it kind of fell apart at the end, and it just, mm-hmm. like, they kind of shoved stuff down. But also had Sean Bean and stuff. Like, hey, mm-hmm. that, that's cool. So I think I think that one just kind of is easily forgotten. Um, mm-hmm. And I think partially, too, because, like, just in the gaming world, you know, it's always Silent Hill and the Resident Evil games are the two kind of most commonly known horror genres. Mm-hmm. And kind of in the same thing in the film, Resident Evil had already kind of, like, capitalized on that schlocky action video game horror adaptation so i don't think anyone was really looking for a silent hill film franchise um so it just never really went anywhere or anything i i i also don't really like the resident evil movies the first one was the best but i don't really like but um but what else i don't know there's a lot of really bad the prince of persia was also really bad i don't know I didn't see Assassin's Creed, but I heard it was terrible. I never saw that one. Oh yeah, Google. there are definitely... I, I mean, I love Mortal Kombat too. That's actually... I still think that's actually still one that actually is pretty decent. Mm-hmm. 
considering um, that it's a Mortal Kombat movie. That's the other thing. How do you make a movie out of a fighting game? Where, like, they try. Yeah. yeah. They sure try. Um, uh, but, yeah, so, yeah, there's definitely some. You're right, Eric, for sure. There's definitely some that I think are better than people give them credit for and that everyone has the kind of their faves, even if they don't, you know, blow apart the uh, industry in terms of making them amazing mm-hmm. and, and breaking the curse. Um, but thanks again for email. Um, seriously, thank you both, Sam and Eric, for writing in. It's good to hear that people are listening, and it's good to hear you guys' thoughts on this stuff and and be able to answer questions and stuff. So keep them coming. And if you guys have emails or thoughts or questions or anything, then join Sam and Eric. Be cool like Sam and Eric and mm. write us. Tell us yes. what you're thinking. Mm-hmm. Please do. So should I, um, should, I, should I take it home on that note? Do it. Yeah. Go okay, for it. great. This has been, after the credits, a Yum Chunks podcast. Uh, you can find us on several podcasting outlets, including Podient, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Radio Public. You can also find our episodes on our original Yum Chunks YouTube channel, uh, where there is a comment section. So if you don't want to email us, you can just leave a comment. Uh, if you do want to email us, we are at yumchunks at gmail.com. Uh, like Sean said, thank you for the ones that we've already received, but keep them coming because it's, it's fun. Um, and, uh, if you have a preferred podcast outlet, we're probably on it. So go search it and hey, we should be on us. Stitcher now. I just Are we? put us on Stitcher. Are we so on Stitcher? We should be on Stitcher now. Stitcher too. Nice. There you yeah. go. If for the Stitcher fans, Freaking I don't know finally. what, what that means, but <laughs> if you're on Stitcher, you can probably subscribe to us there too. So there so, you yeah, go. I think you offended everybody in Stitcher by calling them fans. They have a weird thing. Do they? I don't, you know what? I don't care. No, but the fact that it made you think that is fantastic. You did make me think that. You know what? I don't care. If you're, if you're a Stitcher fan, don't listen to us. <laughs> no. It's too late, too. We can't edit that out. It's just too late. Oh. All right. Okay. All right. Uh, well, anyways, thanks for listening, everyone. Hey, Matt, guess what? I choose you. Who do you choose? I choose me, too. Oh, sorry, Vince. It's all right. I'll choose. Oh, this we were doing alcohol. a thing. All right, let's try it. Let's try this again. Sean, do it again. Hey, Matt, I choose you. Sean, I choose you too. <laughs> Bye. Wait, Bye, I'm everyone. Here. Wait. Bye. This has been after the credits. A Young Chunks podcast. <laughs>